Hi, everyone. Welcome to QCCS Mackay Coast Change Game podcast. I'd like to acknowledge the Uibara people of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to our past, present, and emerging. Change the Game, brought to you by the Mackay Cutters. I'm joined on the Change Game podcast with Katie Green and Emma Manselman. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Very appreciative of your time. Getting let off work early, Emma, by the boss, Marco Peters, your coach. And Katie, I'm um, not sure what you've been doing today, but I um, really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Welcome, girls. Thank you. Uh, Emma, I'd like to talk to you first about your pathway in rugby league in Mackay. Take me back right back to your first memories of when you started playing footy. Um, probably the first memory I had not even playing for a club. It was playing footy on the beach, my cousins. And then at the age of seven, I said to dad that I wanted to play footy with the boys. I wanted to play footy like Lukey, my older cousin. And um, he said, are you sure? And I said, yep. So he took me to my first training for South Sharks. And then from then on, I played from under sevens right through to under twelves with the boys. And then obviously from under 12s, there was no girls footy after that. So you had to stop playing with the boys. And then I went to high school and then in grade eight, the first school girls competition started. So, but there was only a year 10 level. So I was in grade eight playing for year 10s. And I played that for three years. And then there was like a hit and miss girls carnival here and there, whether it was in Mackay, Rocky, Townsville, played in them sort of things. And then more and more club footy come out and representative footy. The under-17 girls competition started and I played in that. And that was when I was 15. What do you remember and the differences when you're playing with the boys in the juniors and then transitioning to playing the all-girls comp, what were the main things you remember that were different or better, worse? Um, I don't – there wasn't really much different, I don't think. It was just obviously you're at that younger age playing with the boys and then you're in high school, you had them few years break and then you obviously played with the girls. I think it was a bit more nerve-wracking because you were playing up with the girls and they were much bigger than you where the boys, yes, they were your age and there was the only the odd boy that was like huge where all the girls, they were mostly like all older and much bigger. Yeah. Have you stayed mates with any of those boys that you played with? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You even look back on it now and you even see some of the boys there playing for cutters as well. So Who? Yeah. I played against Joss Smith. Yeah. Ray Ray. Tommy didn't. I yep. used to play against him too. You show him up? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Katie, what about yourself? So your path to where you are now has been a little bit different to Emma's. Yeah, definitely. I was more of a reserved kid back in the day. I played lots of various sports. I was kind of like once I was finished with one, move on to the other. But I was actually very competitive in gymnastics uh, prior to starting any, I guess, you could say ball sports. And then I moved into touch football where I found quite a passion there playing and developing myself and moving up in the representative ranks. And then from there, I was last year of grade 12, I just had that mentality of let's give everything a go. And I got into rugby union, which turned into a sevens competition for the schools, which I was terrified at the time, but I played. And funny enough, after my first game, I impressed a Queensland scout at the time. So I was then following weekend flown down to Brisbane to represent myself, I guess, but also North Queensland in the Queensland selection process. I was obviously unsuccessful, but it was a great experience and it kind of lit a fire in me to to really push myself and see where this sport could take me. But again, unfortunately in Mackay, there wasn't enough participation. And then that's when I got to know a, a lovely lady who's a big name in Mackay called Dee Turner, which obviously Emma also knows, who encouraged me to get into rugby league. And honestly, from there, I played my first year and I had a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. And then I gave my second year into, all right, let's see where this can take me. And from there, I've been fortunate enough to make North Queensland Marlins most years from then. And I think I feel really lucky that I guess we get to live in a time where the BHP got started, which is now obviously BMD. And yeah, I kind of just every year got better and better. I had coaches pushing me and telling me 
to really give this a go and they think I have a bright future. And I also had my partner as well who's pushed me since day dot to say, no, you, you can do this. You can push yourself all the way. And yeah, found myself here today with thankfully a NRL debut on, under my sleeve and hopefully again this year. I want to ask you both and start with you first, Emma, about when did it, it click for you that you thought, oh, there could be a future in rugby league for me? Um, in terms of like, um, you know, the professional ranks as well, like when the NRLW started and when the pathways were being built and you've been, all, you've been through them and been part of them, when did it sort of you realise hopefully there will be a future? I feel like I was a lot of, I was a part of a lot of firsts. So a lot of firsts like club level games, a lot of representative firsts, that sort of thing. But I don't think it was until probably year 10, 11, at the age of 16, 17, I was a national swimmer as well. So I was playing football and swimming at the same time. So I sort of had to pick one or the other. And I thought, well, I haven't gotten any further in swimming. Why don't I see if I can get any further in league? So I stopped swimming and concentrated 100% on league. And yeah, from then on, what I year think was that? 2017, I think. Yeah. And then that was the first, oh no, that wasn't the first year. 2020 was the first year of Gold Star. So prior to that, you obviously transferred out of under-17 girls, obviously, into women's, played a few women's games and then obviously got picked up for Marlins, played Marlins, um, sort of have a few quiet years until Gold Star's first come into the competition. Was fortunate enough to get picked in the Gold Star's team. And then I think from then on, obviously, just the progression and playing at that higher level, I thought, okay, there might be actually a chance I could make it all the way. Yeah, cool. What about you, Katie? Yeah, much the same. I think every year I just set a goal and that was just to either one, continue to make Marlin's side and keep developing. And then from there, when we found out that Gold Stars was happening, my ultimate goal at that point was just to make that side and be able to be alongside girls that have played for a long period of time. We had some really, I guess, incredible role models that were part of the team. Like I think our first side we had, I believe it was like Jenny Sue who has already made her name for herself in the women's industry for football. And just, I think, also being a part of some next-level coaching was something I was really looking forward to. And then after my first season of the BMD, I think I really was able to look at myself and think, oh, I could actually do this. I could go all the way if it's something that I wanted. And then from there, I just I knew the hard work that needed to be put in and just I thought that I just had nothing to lose just to give it a go. And thankfully, yeah, after all that hard work, I found myself a contract in the NRL. And since I've had a taste of that, I just I just want to go get back there and give it another go. Yeah. What about some mentors and idols that you've had along the way growing up? Who were they for you? For myself, I've spoken about her before previously, but her name's Katie Geiger. She's a local woman here in the town and she's actually a Queensland Touch Football Development Officer. But she's had a major impact in my life due to being obviously in touch football back in my school years. She was someone that kind of shone light on me and like gave me a chance to really push myself. But she also helped me develop me as not only a, a talented player on the field, but a good player off the field. And I think that's something that's really stuck with me is just how much I've learned from her in both on the field, your hard work, keep pushing and then off the field to continue that and to be a genuine person and player off the field is just as important as on the field. Mm. So, yeah, to this day she's still someone I look up to and I still play and talk to. I have phone calls with her when i am got questions or anything. But, yeah, she's a major person in my life that's helped me get to where I am today. Awesome. And you, Emma? Probably my my footy mentor would probably be Dee Turner. Yeah. She sort of took me under her wing and realised that I had played footy growing up when I moved to high school and sort of guided me through into the girls' competition and really, I think, understood me. I thought I was a very different person to understand just with how competitive and wear my heart on the sleeve. I thought I was much different to everyone else, but she was sort of one that understood where I was and where I've come from and I think she really helped accepted me. Accepted it. Yeah, accepted me and like helped guide me through the way and gave me a lot of time and she put a lot of effort into helping me get through those pathways. Mm -hmm. But probably before that would be Pat Wright. She was my swimming coach. She just 
literally understood who I was. She would tell you the truth no matter what. She would just tell you black or white. And then obviously when I transitioned from swimming into football, she she was probably the greatest supporter you could have. Obviously you don't want to – she wouldn't want – me to leave swimming and go to another sport but she was just so supportive right through the whole process and still to this day I still go in to the pool and have a swim and talk to her and she'll ask me questions and I'll ask her questions and she'll give the answer straight away so yeah that's awesome so you both yeah you mentioned before Emma a lot of firsts and you've both been part of the gold stars inaugural setup and had success there uh, which is really great you're both now part of the cutters bmd first team as well and and leading the way, Katie, you've been named club captain and Emma, you're our first team captain for the BMD team. So firstly, congratulations to you both on those honours. I'm sure you're going to lead the team and the club really well. I'm looking forward to you doing that. Talk me through your success also at Newcastle. So you both went down to Newcastle, earned contracts, won the premiership. What was it like through that period? So Gold Stars through to Newcastle, the transition back here to work as well, and then hopefully going forward, earning another contract wherever you choose. It's been quite a journey, I think. Like Emma's touched on, a lot of firsts. And I think with a lot of firsts does come pressure in knowing that you are the first, one of the first players to be a part of those teams. And really I try to look at every experience as something just to have fun with and enjoy the experience, not to think about it too much or get too in your head about it. But yeah, Gold Stars was amazing in the sense of it gave me confidence and it gave me the ability to back myself as a player, which then I think ultimately is what got me my NRL contract for the 2021 season. I'm not going to lie, like I had to work to get that contract. I did have to do a lot of, I guess, in a way, backdoor talking and getting to in the ears of people in the club and Um, thankfully I was able to have an interview with Blake Green at the time who um, I just thought I have to go in here and I just have to lay it out on the table otherwise I potentially won't get anything this year that year but what'd you do I just sat down had lunch with him and just straight away off the cusp I just was honest and open with him about what I wanted what I want to achieve and I think it's also really important to as a player to know what you can bring to a team so I just was honest with him in the round of my personality, the kind of work I can do and that I don't give up and I'll keep working no matter what. And I think that's something that really resonated with him. Uh, so when I got my phone call that I was in and I got the contract, I was funny enough, I was actually in hospital with my partner at the time. He was admitted into hospital for a couple of days. So had a stressful couple of days there and to get that phone call and just to hear that I got that contract, one, on, yeah, I can play football, but two, he just needed someone like me in the team. He needed someone there that could bring that positive attitude, keep people going and just always be there for people. So that's something that I was just over the moon about, knowing that I got picked on the person I was and what I could bring to a team. So both experiences were amazing and, yeah, I'm sadly enough I didn't get another contract for the, the 2022 season where the girls won it, but I always look back on that and think that, I made my mark there and I helped. I'd like to think that playing that 2021 season and being there helped bring the club that second, that first premiership the second year they played. So I look back on that and think I, yeah, I did everything I could and I'm proud, proud of what I achieved down there. Emma, why did you choose Newcastle for yourself? Um, like Katie said, we were part of the first um, Gold Stars team and then obviously it got shut down by COVID in 2020. So 2021 season came around. Um, I think we're all excited to actually be playing uh, footy again and at that level, not just club level. And then being a part of that, obviously uh, I started on the bench but then earned my way to a starting position at nine. And then I thought I had a pretty good year and then NRLW came around and some people did tell me that, oh, Em, you might be in the running for an NRLW contract. I sort of wanted to believe it, but I didn't want to believe it at the same time and be disappointed if I didn't get offered. But then, yeah, like Katie said, Blake Green had a phone call and he's like, I'm coming up to Mackay, would you like to meet? I want to get to know you. I want to see you put a face Um, to a person and um, yeah so like Katie said I actually sat down with him for dinner and he said look am I where'd you take him no he took me to the Austral Austral yeah (laughs) yeah so no it was pretty good and then um, yeah he just said em look I need a nine 
obviously he said, I can't guarantee that you'll be starting. We have a lady over in New Zealand that we would like to bring over. She's that little bit older and I think she has the more knowledge and um, understanding in the game. I think I'd like to play you as 14, so as that impact player, which I understood and he told me from the very start that I couldn't be, like, granted starting nine, um, which I understood. And, um, yeah, so I went down, I chose Newcastle. I had Did other offers. Yeah, yeah, I had other offers from other clubs, but I just thought, with the honesty and Blake taking his time to actually come and see me, I thought that was really good. So I chose to go down to Newcastle and we got through the first couple of weeks of preseason and then, yeah, COVID hit round two. So that went into lockdown, training sort of half stopped. Then we had the decision whether we wanted to come home for a week while the NRL decided what they were going to do with the competition. And thankfully enough, I did choose to come home. If I stayed, then I would have got locked in New South Wales for the whole time. Did you stay, Katie? Yeah, I did. (laughs) So I came home for a week and then I was like, okay, I better go back everyone, not everyone, but majority of the girls are back there. So I thought I'd do the right thing and I went back and then finally a couple of weeks later the NRL made a decision that they were going to cancel the competition. Mm. So all of us girls, obviously with the COVID, there was no flights into Queensland. Borders were locked. Um, Obviously we had a whole heap of girls from New Zealand so they couldn't even get home either. Thankfully enough, we got a charter flight with some of the NRL families that were in like going to Queensland. So we got on that flight finally in like August, September. We had been down there since July. So in lockdown, in lockdown, full lockdown. Yes. So finally come home. And then obviously they said they were going to play the 2021 season and the start of 2022. So back down to Newcastle, we went and then full swing from there, so trainings and whatnot. Um, so there's no opportunity to go to another team or was there or did you stick out? No. So if you no. had signed that 2021 contract at that at a certain club, you had to go back to that club yeah. or you could choose not to play at all. You could withdraw your contract. But, yeah, I stuck it out. We went back and then obviously we didn't have very uh, much successful year. I know we learnt a lot and built um, together as one. There was lots of ups and downs a part of that. Um, and then obviously for, fell back into Gold Stars for the um, season again. And obviously that was a pretty successful season, that one. We um, got the premiership. Looked like a really fun season. I think, right. yeah, I think it was fun. I think we were very fortunate enough to have a few of us that had that NRL experience mm. in knowing how to come back and kind of instill in the girls that haven't had that sort of experience what it takes to to get your mind right, get your body right, to be able to last that whole season. And I think... And perform. And, yeah, having that performance level. So we will, like, we're not shy in saying we definitely had some quality girls in our team that helped build the team up. We had lots of leaders. Like, we obviously had Romy Teitzel and Shania Power who were absolute standouts in that NRL season in 2021 we're at the start of 2022 and you now had the likes of Emma coming off the back of a very successful season as well. So having those girls around you, it really lifts the team as well. So I think it was probably one of our best years as a team bonding as well. And I think that speaks for itself as what we performed on the field. And also I think from the previous year, 2021 year, we were so close to getting into the grand final. Like we made it all the way to the semis finals and then lost by two points. I think we just had that urge and that grind, we're going to make it this year. Yeah. And, yeah, we just knuckled down and worked. Um, us NRL girls obviously returned back to BMD late. So I think we come back in round two. Two, yeah, if we weren't part of finals. Yeah, because um, yeah. yeah. we, yeah, we're still obviously um, with the NRL clubs. But, yeah, we come back and join back up in round two and, yeah, got the premiership. And then obviously for the 2022 NRLW season, I had another few offers and I obviously chose to go back to Newcastle. I think because more of the reason I knew the era, I knew what I was doing, obviously different coach this time, which I thought was a positive thing, change, different girls, a lot of new names. So like Millie Boyle came and Tamika Upton came and I thought I could learn a lot from them, just the players they are and the people they are off the field. I thought that's something that I could really work on. So I chose to go back to Newey and I obviously didn't choose to work down there. Some girls obviously still have jobs because it's not all professional. It's probably Mm. more semi-professional. So how many did 
Wow. Um, all the local girls, I could probably say they had all jobs. Um, all of them had jobs. Um, some of us girls that relocated, they helped find jobs if we wanted them, but I chose not to work just to have my training days off, like completely off from footy. So I could switch on f- off from footy. I could switch off from work yeah. and I could just have the time to myself. And then so, on training days, I could just switch on and knuckle down. So how many days a week were you training? Uh, we were training five days a week. So mm-hmm. it was a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. You have Wednesdays Thursday. off, Thursdays, and maybe alternate oh, on may- Friday or Saturday. Yeah, so maybe it was only four. Yeah, yeah plus four. game day. Yeah, yep, four preseason and then in game day. Yeah. But, yeah, there was a lot of – I th- like obviously going from Gold Stars training two days a week and then falling into NRLW, I thought that was a lot of training. I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be a shock to the body. But – they do a lot of recovery and that's one of the things they focus down on is your nutrition and your cover- recovery so your body can last those training sessions and you're ready for the next training session sort of thing. Yeah, so no doubt you both learn a lot over this short little period of having the t- that taste of that level and then you can put, you know, your future success that you have hopefully with that next contract. Yep. Um, no announcements at the moment for you guys? Uh, not no. for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hopefully that's not too long away that you can um, announce something soon, yeah. which is re- will be really exciting. I know uh, the wellbeing manager down there really well, Holly Fooder. Yeah. So I, work, <laughs> Love I worked Holly. with Holly for a long time down in Melbourne. And what were some things that she helped you with? I know personally the second season that I went back to Newcastle for, I did go through some mental struggles. Um, I'll admit that. I didn't believe it at the time. I just thought, oh, no, it's nothing. I'll get over it. I think just – Can you talk to any of those? Like give us a little bit of insight if um, you can. Don't have to. No, that's okay. I think just being away – I'm a big family person. Obviously, Katie coming down with me the first season, um, she's obviously my cousin's partner, so Mm -hmm. we've known each other for a while and I think having her down there the first season sort of helped. Um, You knew someone personal, close, that you could relate to and and then the second season I sort of like I had some of the one of the two one Romy one of the Gold Stars girls come down with me um but it's just a different connection like you didn't have that person and with being so far away I think I got like a little bit of like depression and like homesick um just training so much not working you have that little bit of extra time to think about home and think about family um, my partner and that sort of thing but yeah just talking to Holly she like really helped actually speaking up saying how you're feeling helped as well. Mm-hmm. Like I kept it to myself for the like, first bit. Yeah. But then like once you actually speak about it, it makes you feel 100% better. Even talk to your teammates, like they understand where you're coming from too for being yeah. so far away. And is people like Holly and your teammates notice little, little changes in yeah, yourself? Yeah, definitely. Like obviously from being quiet and keeping to yourself at the start and then to the end, like obviously after our grand final partying on the bus on the way home. Just that massive big change, I think, and even leading into the last couple of weeks, you understood and you're like, okay, well, there's not long left. I can go home now. But I think, yeah, just the whole talking and them noticing, okay, M's not right or M is right, it helps a lot too. Mm. What about you, Katie? Yeah, I think um, that first couple of months we went down when the season got cancelled, that was really rough, I think, mm. on a lot of us girls. Obviously, we moved down there and for the first two weeks, you're living on a high because you're there, you're training, you're meeting everyone, you're getting all these introductions and you're starting to get a taste of that professionalism in that top level. And then week three kind of set in and that's when obviously we were addressed by the CEO and he let us know that the borders are potentially closing and we have to make a decision on whether or not we want to go home and be with family or if we want to stay here and push ourselves and develop ourselves as athletes. So that was a really hard conversation to obviously have to call my family and my partner around like I want to stay but knowing that I'm sacrificing that I have to leave you guys for probably two months now and not get to see you. Obviously with borders closing your family couldn't come and visit you either. So that was that took a big toll. I felt a lot of I guess I felt very selfish and very anxious around that decision but I think Having a wellness manager is just something that people don't realise is such a necessity at that level and I feel very blessed that I was able to connect with Holly and didn't matter what, what was going on, she just knew. Like she, you could just mm. once you may get a connection with her, she just knew she could look at you or notice your behaviour and the simplest things of just going, you're good, like you want to have a coffee or something like that. So after that first 
I guess, week and that, having that kind of borders closing stress, I knew straight away she was someone I could trust and um, just kind of confide in. So from there, yeah, I it was still tough. Obviously, week week after week, still with no certainty of a season starting, thinking, did I do this and nothing's going to come of it. Obviously, a lot of stress with ringing family and, you know, once a week I was ringing my family in tears about, did I make the right decision? I miss home. I miss being there. And yeah, she was just, she was literally a phone call away. And every time I had those moments, I'd just call her and she'd just have really good techniques in helping you get through it. So myself, I found journaling really good. Just journaling my emotions and actually feeling them first before processing them was something that I learned. And I think it's really important becoming an athlete is knowing to really have to ride through your emotions before you can handle handle what's going on. So, yeah, thankfully um, she was there that I could just talk to. Even if there was something I just couldn't figure out or get myself through, she was just there for a phone call, a chat. She just was able to give me a lot of really good tips and tricks on handling it. So I'm I'm over like overly grateful that she was there and was able to be a support for me. I think it's credit to the uh, NRL and the NRLW to make sure we've got those people in those roles and mm. even you know filters down to clubs like us. And we've got um, people playing the part, the, the well-being manager role here, which um, yeah is vital for us to to have. So well done, Holly. If you're yeah. listening, I'm sure you're tuning. <laughs> Talk to me about the, we'll get into the Carter stuff really shortly, but before that, talk to me about juggling, work, footy, balancing that. So, Em, you're a mechanic. Yep. Yes. And Katie, you're a veterinarian? Uh, veterinary nurse. Nurse? Yep. Cool. Is there any other title for you, for you Em, that you want to oh, add in there? No, not really. I'm still an apprentice, but okay. still, yep. So you'll be a qualified mechanic after it? I will be. Awesome. Yep. How long you got to go? A um, little over 12 months old. 12 months now or tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, so talk to me about that. Um, either can start. Okay, I'll start. To be honest, I have found it quite easy. My work is very understanding of my football career. That helps with Marco, so thanks, Marco. <laughs> I All I need to do is let them know when I need time off. I can get that time off just as long as they're aware they can rejoggle and rebook things that need to be done. But yeah, it's, I find it, I'm very grateful for them. I feel like if I wasn't working where I'm working, I wouldn't have a job or I wouldn't have a career in football. Yeah. So I sort of, yeah, I'm very grateful that I'm working where I'm working and I'm still working there. So when I, even when I went away for NRLW, I just put my apprenticeship on pause. And when I come back, I unpaused it and continued with it. Um, there was a point last year that I was only working two full days. So I'm on a full-time contract, supposed to be working Monday to Friday, 7.30 to 4, but just with so many work, uh, with so many football commitments, I was only working a whole day on a uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So Monday I would fly out to Brisbane um, and do Origin Camp on a Monday afternoon and then I would fly back first thing Tuesday morning, go straight to work, work a whole day Wednesday, Thursday, and then on Friday I'd have to fly out for Gold Stars to play. So, yeah, there was a point there last year that I was only working two days, which obviously the income isn't that great when you aren't getting played, uh, when you aren't getting paid for yeah. footy at that point. But it's just something that you have to sacrifice and you have to be grateful that you still can follow your dream and have a job at the same time. Yeah, because I'm sure you would know or have heard of that not being the case for girls where they probably don't have that support through work and can't either have to choose work. Yeah. Rather than chase their dream. Yeah, so I know some of the girls that obviously come down to Newcastle for our first season and they couldn't help that COVID hit and we got stuck in lockdown. They obviously lost their jobs because they couldn't give their employee a return date or when they can get back to start work. So they actually lost their jobs. So I'm just very grateful that like work is so understanding and allowing me to chase my dream. Yeah, Katie. Um, yeah, look, my, my story is much the same as Emma's. I have a very supportive workplace. Um, Where do you work? I work at Stabler and Hallett Vets out near the racetrack. So I'm actually the head nurse there. So I was really nervous when obviously I was looking into getting a contract and playing that semi-professional football just due to how they would react in the sense of, I guess, my job isn't a job that everyone can do. So 
trying to figure out how I'm going to tell my workplace that I want to leave for three months and go play football and then come back was quite daunting. But yeah, I feel very blessed. The The team there and my boss and manager were, I think they were more excited than I was that I got a contract, thankfully. But yeah, they uh, definitely helped me be able to continue to train and keep my job, thankfully. Obviously, I've had to do a lot of hard work at my work in order to continue doing this. So I've had to do a lot of training and upskilling of nurses and I've had to actually change my job role quite a bit, which means I've had to sacrifice some of the things I love to do at my job. But that's the price I am willing to pay to play football. But definitely, like we've discussed, there's plenty of girls I know of that have had to jump jobs every two to three months because they just can't hold on to one due to the commitments of having a contract and having to move away for three months at a time. But yeah, I think it's one of those things with football and women's at the moment is having that you've literally got to try and figure out how to juggle work, training, and I guess life Mm. in itself. Like trying to remind ourselves that when we have our off days to actually have an off day. So switching off, spending time with family. And for me, I try and make sure my time off, I'm spending time with my partner, Luke, who's always in my corner and always there and not trying to forget that I do need to make time for those things. And they do help and benefit you in your career if you can balance those things. I'm not saying I get it right every week, but (laughs) I definitely, it's one of my goals is to always make sure that I am putting enough time into both work, footy and my personal life and the things that I love to do. Yeah, definitely. And it's just also now you have to like learn to juggle obviously with no NRLW contract um, while you're still playing BMD to finish work, to show up to training Mm -hmm. every afternoon. I know my work is quite demanding. You're on your feet in a hot shed and in summer it gets very hot. I know some days I rock up to training and I'm like, do I really want to be here? The answer is obviously yes, but your mind's telling you, I need some sleep, I need some rest, I just want to sit down. But that's just some things you have to sacrifice and you have to push your body through to the next limits to be able to play footy at this level. Well, the, you guys connected to the wellness, smarter based wellness app, but you would definitely be doing the NRL level, NRLW level. Yeah, uh, should be doing- we did it at NRL level. That was one of our big, big trademarks, I guess, was always checking in on that. I don't think we've established that yet. I think we did. We do it last year for Gold Stars. I thought it did. Should be doing it. So yeah, we'll make sure. I think we're getting it set up. There's definitely been um, conversations around Around it, training, and I believe yeah, Mandy, our our first aid officer, was mentioning that in camp over the weekend. So. Because, as you said, Emily, really important to track that info and data and for awareness around it. Like, if you are plugging that info in at the right time and think those conversations can be had. Yeah, and then, like, obviously coaches and staff can understand, okay, well, Emma's had a tough day yesterday. She's probably in for another tough day today. Um, Obviously, you do your wellness in the morning when you wake up. So, yeah, by the afternoon they can really get an understanding on how you're feeling and, okay, oh, maybe you sit out for this drill, but can you do this, this and this? Mm. Yeah, and, like, I think it's something too. It's a really good thing to have for girls that probably aren't comfortable speaking up, whereas if they can sit behind their phone and at least punch those, like, get that information in, how they're truly feeling, and then that way, they can have someone approach them is I think just as beneficial as obviously girls who can go and speak if they are feeling down but yeah definitely a good thing to have yeah yeah uh, so when's it going to change like do you think Emma in your career timeline you'll see full-time NRLW contracts I'm hoping I'm going to say yes I'm hopefully still would like to play at least one season of NRLW for the whole period of time when when are you hearing that's going to happen well, 2025 is going to be the next increase of teams. So obviously two teams will come in, so that will make 12. Obviously we still have quite a long way to go, but I think this jump of four teams um, for this year was very big. I think part of me saying it was too much, but then part of me saying it's a growing game, it's the biggest um, and fastest growing women's sport, so why not give it a shot? So I reckon probably within the next... Five to ten years. All right, let's go in deep dive into the cutters. So inaugural yes. BMD Premiership team, we've still got the Gold Stars concept, the inclusion of Townsville girls and Cairns girls. Well, you guys have just been part of the camp on the weekend that we held here. Unfortunately, we didn't get a trial game in with the Capras needing to withdraw from the game, but we still had a really good weekend with the camp. So talk to me through the camp, the foundations that um, everyone is 
setting there for the future of the BMD Premiership Cutters team. Yeah, I think the camp was really successful. Obviously, uh, girls were a bit disheartened that we didn't get a game. Um, I think we were really looking forward to that just to see where we're at um, in letting girls, obviously, that couldn't attend our previous trial game to have a run. Camps are just as important as trainings. I find that we were able to come together as a team, lay down foundations like our values and Obviously in camp we discussed a lot of our what we call like a trademark, um, so what standards we want to set at trainings and for the future cutter generations obviously of women. So, yeah, it was really good to have a lot of those discussions with the girls and just getting insight on what every individual player sees themselves in cutters and what they want to achieve is just as important. Obviously we had a fun Sunday <laughs> up at 3am in the morning um, heading out to Cape Hillsborough and I think that was a big challenge for the girls to see how many would take that on board and really give it the the time that I think it needed. So obviously a lot of us aren't morning people but uh, we got up, we got on the bus and I found that when we got back or even back on the bus just seeing how much we were all talking and communicating and I just saw a shift in our team and I saw it in a positive way and I think a lot of us had some more connections that weren't there at the start of the camp. So that just made me really excited to mm. see the season and see how we're going to progress now knowing we could get that and have that time together. And I keep looking back on it and just thinking how excited I am for the season and just I'm just I just think we're going to have such a successful year. I know that's so very premature but just based on the camp and the girls and our culture we're building, I think there's big things, big things to come in the Mackay Cutters BMD side for this year and for the future. What do you think, Emma? Um, I think like t- Katie touched on, um, we're obviously all a little bit disheartened that Capra's pulled the pin, but I think it was something we were looking forward to because it's been such a long preseason and a long time that we've been training. Um, I think we all just wanted to have that hit out. Um, obviously, the, some girls had a hit out the weekend, last weekend before against the 19s Cowboys girls. So I think just a few of us that obviously didn't get to play were looking forward to having that game and getting a game under our belt before the season starts. But just to throw a spinner in the works, but yeah, I think the camp really benefited us. I think that's something that we needed and I'm sort of glad that it didn't get cancelled and I'm glad we went away, like along with it. There was certain things that we needed to pinpoint out and all agree on, like Katie said, our trademarks and our values um, so we were all on the same path. I think there's still a lot of connection that still needs to be built but like Katie said as well, there was already so much more built from the start of the season, uh, start of the camp to the end of the camp. I went on the camp as well. Well, not in the whole camp, but I was there for Sunday morning, early rise, take some photos of the kangaroos <laughs> and then head off on a little hike jog that we did and just to hear some of the whys as well. I thought that was really good. Get a bit of insight to each player and, yeah, just beautiful setting and no doubt it'll go a long way to starting the year off really well. So you've got Wynnum away round one. I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but the season could be done. And we're looking back at this conversation with, um, yeah, some some fond memories. But first game is the 17th of March, 18th of March. 11th of March. No, that, no, so that's round one. But the first oh, oh, sorry, home game, first home yes. game yeah. um, yes. in Mackay yes. against um, Tweed. Tweed, yep. Yeah. Oh. So tell me about that. You're going to pull on the Mackay jersey at BB Print Stadium. For the first time, like officially, what does it mean to yeah. you both? I think pulling on that home jersey for the first time, running out in front of a Mackay crowd at home, playing for your hometown, it like really hits the spot, I think. I mm. think it's very honourable to wear that jersey and to be a part of the first BMD Mackay Cutters team. And I think it's even more special uh, to be named captain for that team. I'm just so honoured to be a part of the team and to be able to pull that jersey on and run on the stadium for the first home game, I think, yeah, it's really special. Yeah, I think um, it gives me goosebumps and it half makes me a little emotional every time we talk about it. But, you know, we've obviously played at BB Print Stadium before, but it was never under, I guess, that Mackay Cutters logo. And just to know this year, like when we run out on that field, that we're home and it's for home, it's for Mackay. And there's just something about the Mackay pride and the the culture here within the community and how much support that they have for us. And, 
you know, I could see that when we did play Gold Stars that we'd get the crowds down and we'd get the people there supporting us. But I think now it's just it just feels so more wholesome and real now being in that that cutter's jersey. And it's for me, it's like uh, I spoke about it before, but it's it's one way I can say that I've I've achieved it all in a sense that I now get to say that I've I've played for my I guess I've played to help commit with um North Queensland. I was able to play NRL and now I get to say I've played for my hometown. So I can say I'm going to finish this year a, a pretty happy person and I just I can't wait. The two weeks is probably going to go really long <laughs> until we get to run out and I just hope I get to pull on that jersey and run out and just, you know, make my family proud, make my family and my partner proud and just, yeah, it's um, it kind of makes me a bit speechless too. I just can't wait. Well, it's going to be extra special because I've just found out today we've moved to the BMD game to the last game, so you'll be... <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I actually just seen that on Facebook before yeah. we started this. Yeah. yeah, so it's moved to a oh. 5 o'clock kickoff. Pride need to get home on their charter and their flight time didn't suit, so we've uh, shifted the cup game to the game before yours, so you'll got the exciting. center stage so it's oh, extra special i think that's exciting like you'll have the whole crowd there yeah. like people aren't just rolling in i mean some might be rolling out i hope not but yeah. at least then you'll have the whole crowd there like uh, after I'm, the men yeah i'm sure i, I have no doubt the crowd's gonna mm. hang around and yeah watch. And there'll, be, there'll be people that are just coming to watch you as well yeah mm. i think um, it's even more exciting too like you'll have all those little girls in the crowd watching now actually they can realize that there is that whole pathway like mm. Yes, they've heard about it, but actually for them to see it, I think it might make them realise, okay, well, I've got a whole pathway here in Mackay now. I can go from step one to step the end sort of yeah, thing. no doubt. Don't underestimate the power of that. Yeah. And that's why we fought so hard to make sure that we were the team out of us, Blackhawks and Pride, to, to take over the Gold Stars model. And in years to come, it'll just be a Mackay only and we'll be recruiting just the same as we do for the Cup. But, yeah, we know we fought really hard for that and... We know the power that it will continue to have for our region. So looking forward to it. Let's go back into the wellbeing space. I want to talk a little bit more around what you guys do both personally to look after your own mental health. Like what do you go to? What's your go-to? My go-to is uh, obviously um, we have a bit of a Sunday tradition in my family. We do Sunday family dinners. Um, so I always make, make sure that if I've had a really hard week, long week or anything like that, that I get myself up and we we head out there and I just get to ground myself back with family. You know, we talk about everything other than footy. And yeah, it just it's a really good reminder to know that footy is my world and I love footy, but knowing that after football I've still got my family here and I've still got so much that I can do. Another big thing is is I'm very passionate about my work and I get up every day wanting to go to work and I find that that's also a big, I guess, anchor for me that kind of keeps me grounded in a sense, knowing that, yeah, football is everything, but I've always got my work to fall back on and to have that there. But I think for myself too, is I've done a lot of education around mental health and that, because obviously, sadly, in my industry, in the veterinary world, um, we have one of the highest suicide rates, sadly, with vets. So um, I've had to do a lot of mental health work and study through that industry just so I can support a lot of my staff members back back at work. But yeah, I think it's it's just important to listen to your body and that's something I learned at that high NRL level. It's just listening to it and knowing like if I need to sleep, sleep. If I'm hungry or if I'm tired or if I'm sick to take the time to look after myself. It's not an easy thing to do because, you know, you don't want to miss training. You don't want to miss work and and show people that you you're not working hard, but it's it's just as important your body's what helps you go out there and play. So if you don't look after it, you will unfortunately have things like injuries and setbacks, which can really play on your mental health as well. So, yeah, I think if anything, it's really important just to listen to your body. And if you're not sure, then obviously talking to someone like your wellness officers or or like your captains or your coaches, um, it's just as important to talk to them and, and get some feedback on some reasons or some examples of how they can help. Emma? Probably with living on a property and being isolated, not isolated exactly, but being away from like a middle of a city, um, I feel like just being able to be free and do my own thing. I can go fishing, I can go camping, I can um, like go riding like horse or um, I can just 
go lay out in the sun if I wanted to. Um, but I think family as well is a big part of that. Just being in that home and being in that household with everyone just makes you relax a bit and they already know, like, without even asking the question if you're right or if you're wrong. Sort of the question will come along if you aren't right, they will eventually get to the question of, like, what's going on. But having them and obviously um, my partner as well to talk to, and I think I've learnt that now, obviously, with going through that little bit of depression in Nui that um, second time, I think talking has helped me a lot. I still, I know I keep things up and I bottle things up, but people are catching on to that now. So they're sort of getting to know, like me, even at my workplace with Lucas now coming on board uh, with footy and Marco. So even if it's something football related, I go to work and Lucas is there. So like you have, not you, you have to talk to him, but he always nags you, come on, tell me what's wrong and that sort of thing. So I feel like no matter if it's at home, at work or footy, I've always got that someone who helps you talk and helps you get out what's wrong or if you're okay or whatever. But, yeah, my happy place is probably home where I can just relax, forget about everything, do my own thing and not have to worry about whatever what everyone else is doing. I can just get out and do my own thing. Yeah, great. And you you mentioned a few times, the, especially for you, I think the awareness that you, ha- you have and then you can figure out from there what you need to, what you need to do. If you know you're bottling things up, you know you need to talk to someone and you that opportunity presents and you have that chat. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's always a big thing. They always said it and even through school they're like, oh, you need to talk, you need to talk, you need to talk. Um, you get taught that so much through school and even in your workplace, always talk to someone. But until I think you go through it and you realise that you don't want to talk to someone but you have to, then mm. you don't really get what they mean by, okay, talk to someone. You know what I mean? It's just a word or a phrase or can you talk to someone? But I think until you go through that and realising talking does help, yeah, I don't think you actually realise how important it is. Yeah, and having that that right person to talk to, like we yeah, both definitely. mentioned, someone who you trust. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, has to be and someone. And help you. Yeah, you have to trust them and know that they're not just going to go and blurt it to someone or mm-hmm. um let your personal information go. I think my go-to is mum, definitely. But obviously, if it's someone else, my partner, they're the main two. Yeah, and Katie touched on before talking when you know connecting with Holly, and Holly's, I'm guessing, put you on to journaling and gave you a tool to help you mm. through whatever you're going through. So those tools are really important along the way. Uh, dare to dream, on understand what your goals are now, and then also some future goals you both have personally, professionally, footy work my football goal for this year is to make origin so i was a part of the first ever under 18s girls origin and then obviously got too old for that so i was a part of the women's origin squad for the past three years and obviously just missed the cut every single time but this year i'm hoping to crack it and that's one of the main things i'm working on um and then just with another goal outside of football um is work and i just want to finish my apprenticeship um, before football comes full-time for me. I just want to finish my apprenticeship and at least that's something I can fall back on after footy or if footy doesn't work out, I've at least got that trade underneath my belt. Great to hear, Anna. Katie? Yeah, so really my, my football goals this year are to, obviously one is to bring home the trophy, back to Mackay, um, for the BMD um, Premiership to go back-to-back and, you know, bring that home for the town. Another goal is obviously I really want to have another crack at the NRLW season. So looking to get a contract and just kind of stamping my name in that NRLW world be a really good achievement for me this year. Honestly, in my personal life, um, for me, I'm obviously getting to a point in my life where I'm ready to obviously start a family and things. So probably looking at this year to be one of my final years for now and looking at starting a family. But with that goal too, it's knowing that I can start a family and come back to football would be an amazing achievement to, I guess, show other girls that, you know, you can play footy, have a family and come back to that. And knowing that it's not just you've got three years to play footy and then that's it. So, yeah, that's obviously a a personal goal for me. And then my work, I just like to always be at work and continue to train and inspire, obviously, nurses and just to keep improving our industry. It has a long way to go in the sense of obviously pay and hours and I'm really looking forward to kind of helping that area and improving that for our staff and 
just to keep developing. I, I always love growing and challenging myself. So, yeah, just just keep working away, really. Yeah, this might sound very ignorant, ignorant, but I'm sure there are. Are there mums at the moment or mothers in, at the moment playing in RLW? Yes, How definitely. Yeah. Uh, oh, I couldn't put a number to it. Yeah. Um, but I know from my last season, 2022 season, there was Shanice Parker. She mm-hmm. had just had a baby in December. He was obviously six months old, seven months old by the time she yeah. fell back into that 2022 season. But I think it is a very challenging thing mm. and I have all respect for the mums out there that are playing at that level because I even I know with Shanice, she had to bring Kari to every training. We'd finish at 8 o'clock at night. She would have to have a babysitter there while we're at training, finish training, then go home, have to put him to bed, then put herself to bed and get up at all times of the night when he wakes up as well and then mm. be ready for training the next day. I just think that's crazy to be playing at a semi-professional level and to have a baby at the same time. I'm all for it and I respect yeah, them so much. It's not much you see, I think, in the NRLW world is you just you don't see that behind the scenes of what a lot of those women go through. I think you Sammy Bremner's and, like, she has really shone a light on what you can achieve as a mother. And I think she has set the standard. You know, you've got obviously Corbin McGregor. She's also having a baby. And I think it's definitely something that's going to be challenging in the NRLW, obviously with contracting, but just knowing I think it's important to let the future girls and the generations know that it's not something that's going to hold you back and that you can achieve that if you want it. And there's support around it as well yeah. from, from the club and industry. Yeah, mm. even now the NRL, like obviously us women and NRL, RLPA are pushing for that mm. leave to be incorporated in our contracts like parental leave and yeah. obviously if you do get pregnant during the season that you are supported and mm. if you do have children that you are supported. Yeah, very important. Yeah. Katie and Emma, thank you so much for coming on and sharing personal information with everyone. And I'm sure people out there that are connecting to this are going to take a lot away from it. And yeah, it will be a lot of young female aspiring athletes, especially Makai, coming to our games and cheering you on. So I know you're both looking forward to that. And I wish you all the best in the year and landing those NLW contracts going forward. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Change the game. Brought to you by the Mackay Cutters.